Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved belong and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, and welcome to worship you intrepid souls. (laughs) It's delightful to be together here at Edmonds United Methodist Church on this very chilly Sunday morning, but isn't it beautiful with the sun shining on the sound and on the beautiful Olympic mountains? Wow, it's gorgeous. So let's take a moment to welcome also those folks who are worshiping with us online. Welcome, friends. We're glad you're here as well. I want to call your attention to a couple of things before we get started. Uh, Today we're trying something a little bit different because it is a Sunday of a three-day weekend. We will not be having Sunday school, but we'll encourage the children amongst us to stay in worship throughout the service And in order to make that perhaps a little bit easier for the kids, there are some brightly colored bags hanging on a couple of um, coat racks out right outside the sanctuary. Oh yes, turn around, that's what they look like. (laughs) And those are filled with really fun activities for the kids to do right there in the pews. So make sure that you get a bag when we're passing the peace, go out and grab a bag. And I think, I mean, I kind of wanted one of the bags because they're filled with really great stuff, like an Etch-a-Sketch. I love the Etch-a-Sketch. Anyhow, this is our attempt to help kids feel welcomed in worship. And so I hope you'll play along with us today and find a bag if you're here with kids. Also, I want to remind you, if you have a prayer request, make sure you fill out the Connect card. It's a QR code in the bulletin, and I think there are also some paper uh, cards in the pews. That's how I find out what you need me to be praying about in the week ahead. And so now, if you would rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Well, good morning, church. I'm Brittany Dean. I'll be helping to lead the liturgy this morning. (laughs) Let us worship the one who calls us. Right or wrong, called by the one who lived and died and rose to live again among us. Here we are, ready or not, bringing our everyday selves to praise and to pray, to know the Holy One in the midst of our lives. Let us worship the one who calls us. And now my friends living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, 
Let us join in sharing the peace of Christ one with another. May the peace of Christ be with you.
You can have a seat. Good morning, good morning. Before I call the children and youth up, I am first gonna give a couple of announcements, which we're gonna do all month, all things related to children and youth. So, as Pastor Donna mentioned, welcome to our very first family church. It's just a little thing we're trying out. If it makes you absolutely miserable, feel free to give me your feedback. But this is our hope. Our hope is that we know that these children and youth are filled with gifts that are meant to be shared. And what a better place to share them than in a church that is gonna support them, welcome them, and show up for them. So my question to you is, do you have a child with a gift who wants to share it? Um, if you do, let me know. We have President's Day weekend coming up, and really, we are open to creativity. So there's the obvious things like music, children's sermons, scripture reading, and then there's not the not-so-obvious things, like maybe your child has a magic trick that should be part of the children's sermon. Or, I don't know, you know your child better than we do. So let us know and just know that we are so open to whatever they want to bring to the table. Uh, so that's the first announcement. And then the second announcement is just a huge thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I, probably like many of you, am a recovering perfectionist. And um, while I love youth ministry, what I don't love is when I'm doing youth ministry uh, and it's not at, at its best. And we simply cannot do the work that we do without your support and without you showing up. And I have to tell you, the last month we have had four wonderful adult volunteers who have come forward and they have said, yes, I will show up on a regular basis for the youth ministry on Sunday nights. So my announcement is thank you. Uh, we could not do this without you. I cannot do this without you. And I see the ways that you're showing up. So huge shout out to Carol Hollyfield, Chuck and Nancy Gillespie, and also Luke Van de Kral. Uh, you can thank them when you see them yourselves. And with that in my, yes. Yes, and with that in mind, I wanted to share one more need that we have as a church. So we are looking for high quality nursery care, somebody over 18. We could have multiple people rotating in, or we could have just one person who wants some extra cash, who's a college whatever, uh, graduate or they're going to college or just somebody who wants some extra money. So we've had announcements out for three months and like most things, connections are the best way to find each other, right? So maybe it's not you, but maybe you have a connection to somebody over 18 who could help serve our church in this way. So just know that that's a need that we have. Okay, with that, we have Lizzie and children and youth. I'm gonna invite you to come on forward. So. Hi everybody, how are you guys? Do you got, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys know who that man right there is? Yeah. And do you guys know what he's famous for? What is he famous for? Kindness. His speeches. Kindness. Yeah, you guys got it. Do you guys know what his name is? Yeah. What is it? Dr. Martin Luther King. 
Correct. He's famous for speaking out against injustice and inequality and believing that something better, more beautiful, could exist. In his I Have a Dream speech, he stated, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And Jesus, when he was living, was always fighting for the same thing. He was taking the least of these, those who society had turned against and deemed less than, and reaching toward them in love. Who are the outcasts of today? How should we be showing up for them? So do you guys know anybody in need? Like, what are some categories of people in need? Or maybe people from Edmunds Food Bank or the thrift shop. Anybody like that? Do you guys know anybody part of those communities? No? So Martin Luther King Jr. stood up for what was right and kept fighting for his dream despite the world's resistance. So last, I'm wondering what dreams do you guys have for this world? Do you guys have any dreams? What's your dream? To be kind for everyone. I love that dream. Do you have a dream? Do, you, do any of you guys over here have a dream? Maybe not. Yeah, my dream is to play professional soccer, but, you know, I'm working towards that. <laughs> do you have a dream? Anybody? Anybody else? I have a dream. You don't even remember. He doesn't even remember his dreams, he said. Yeah, sometimes we have dreams like when we're falling asleep at night, and sometimes we have dreams and hopes for the world. So what we're talking about are hopes for the world. So something that I hope for the world, I hope that everybody has food on their table because I think everybody is deserving of food. Can you think of any other hopes for the world that you have? You mentioned you hope people are really kind. I love that. That's a great hope for the world. Any other hopes you want to share? God, please keep us safe and hear our prayers and dreams. Amen. Amen. So you, and you guys can also grab kid kits in the back if you would like. I don't have a victory song I'm not beating any holy battle drums It's taking all the strength I've got Just to put one foot in front of the other I can't swing a heavy sword like David I threw off the old king's clothes of war now I'm standing in the streets like an orphan looking for her mother all I have to give now is surrender as if I even could put up a fight 
When my praises flowed like tears When the honey dried up in the famine years You were standing there You are standing here Both sides of the river give just a brief word of introduction to the scripture which Lizzie will read for us today. It comes from the Gospel of John and it is a story which comes from the very beginnings of Jesus' ministry as he is calling and gathering those who will become his disciples. Now at this story when it opens Philip has already joined up. And he is so excited about Jesus, he runs to tell his friend Nathaniel all about him. Now, Nathaniel is a bit more skeptical. He wants to know what good could possibly come from Nazareth. This skepticism is a common theme in John's Gospel. Most of Jesus' contemporaries, according to the Gospel of John, make the same mistake. 
they assumed that Jesus' origins would explain his identity. Even when confronted by the divine, it is possible for all of us to be oblivious to God's presence. So says the Gospel of John. Now, a little bit of background. Nazareth, in Jesus' day, was a village of about 200 to 400 people. It was economically dependent on the city of Sepphoris, which was the capital city of Galilee. The Hebrew scriptures never mention Nazareth, much less in association with the Messiah. So those who were looking for a royal Messiah, they believed he would come from the territory of the former kingdom of Judah. And Galilee, where Nazareth is located, was in the kingdom of Israel. So according to this gospel, Jesus' opponents never accept him because they are not able to see beyond appearances and their own expectations. Let's listen now as Lizzie reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Lizzie. Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful for you for the reading of the scripture. This morning's scripture reading is from the gospel according to John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51 in the Common English Bible version. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. Just to give 
seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together this day. Do you remember the old Saturday Night Live sketches? The ones that Gilda Radner did as Emily Latella, a perpetually confused commentator who offers opinions such as this one when she said, what's all this fuss I keep hearing about violins on television? Why don't parents want their children to see violins on television? Why, I thought the Leonard Bernstein concert was just lovely. If they don't show violins on television until after 10 o'clock, the little babies will all be asleep and they won't learn any music appreciation. <laughs> on and on she went, until finally, the news anchor leans over to quietly correct her. Miss Lutella, that was violence on television, not violins, violence. <laughs> oh, well that's different. Yes. Never mind. <laughs> well, each time this happens, Latella stops mid-rant, looks up, smiles sweetly, and says, never mind. Never mind. How often is that what we would like to do or to say when caught up in a mistaken position or called out for a misconception? We think if we can only just look around, smile sweetly, and quietly say, oh, never mind, we won't have to utter those other supremely difficult words, you may be right. And by extension, I might be wrong. Well, this is the season of Epiphany, these weeks between Christmas and Ash Wednesday, when Lent will begin. This time is often referred to as ordinary time, the time between major liturgical seasons. It is a time when we are called to live out our faith in the everyday. 
So while Epiphany is meant to be a season of discovery about Jesus, the revealing of God in Christ, it is also a time for self-discovery. Because our faith is about following Jesus, not just observing him. Clarence Jordan, the author of the Cotton Patch Gospels, once remarked, we'll worship the hind legs off of Jesus, then not lift a finger to do a single thing he says. If Epiphany is a revelation about God in Christ, it is just as much an eye-opening about us and our reluctance to admit, you may be right. Rabbi Brad Hirschfeld, in his book, You Don't Have to Be Wrong for Me to Be Right, puts it this way. Why is it that to make things, even spiritual things, more ours, we so often have to make them less someone else's. Why does being right depend on everyone else being wrong? Do other children need to be failures in order for ours to be successful? We need to see that everyone who is not just like us is not some kind of restoration project just waiting for us to fix them and then turn them into poor imitations of ourselves. Do we really want a world of people who look, think, and act just like us? That's not spiritual depth, nor is it religious growth. It is simply narcissism with lots of footnotes. I love that phrase. Narcissism with footnotes. You see, I think that may have been Nathaniel's first response. When Philip tells him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law. It is Jesus, Joseph's son, the one from Nazareth. And Nathaniel can only respond, Nazareth, you've got to be kidding. How could anything good possibly come out of Nazareth, that backwater town? We think we know all about it. And the people who live there, we know all about their foibles and their faults and their failings, certainly more than we recognize our own failures. So quick we are to judge. So easy it is for us to climb up onto our mountain of self-righteous rightness. Because you know we all have Nazareths in our lives. Those people and places and situations which we question and judge and label. Those from whom we neither expect nor can see the possibility of anything good coming. You see, Nathaniel's question is not new, nor is it unique to him. It is a question that we ask every day. Can anything good come out of Washington, D.C.? Can anything good come 
out of the immigrant or the foreigner or the stranger? Can anything good come out of recognizing the sin of racism upon which our nation was founded? Can anything good come out of the struggles of the United Methodist Church and the disaffiliations driven by the Global Methodist Church? Can anything good come out of any of the broken, difficult, or painful places in our lives as a community or as individuals? But here's the thing. You see, Nathaniel's question, it's not really about Nazareth at all. And the same is true for all those questions that we may ask, whomever or whatever our Nazareth of the moment might be. Our questions say more about us than about our Nazareths. They are questions about our beliefs and our disbeliefs. They are questions about ourselves and others and about God. They are questions bound up in our biases, whether those are explicit or implicit. They are questions surrounded by our fears and our wounds, driven by our guilt and our shame. They are questions which betray our all too common inability to utter those four simple words, you may be right. It's no coincidence that Nathaniel is sitting under a fig tree when Philip calls him to come meet Jesus. You remember it is a fig tree that gave Adam and Eve the leaves behind which they hid themselves from God. It is a fig tree that Jesus later curses for producing no fruit. You see, our assumptions, our judgments about the world and the blind spots in our own worldview, they become our hiding places. And they are not fruitful. They keep us from a deeper knowledge of ourselves or each other or God. Now tomorrow is, as you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is a day to remember the life and the work of a great civil rights leader. And thank you, Lizzie. It's also a day for us to think about our hopes and dreams for this nation and this world. It's also a day to recognize and to admit how far we are from realizing Dr. King's great dream of equity and justice for all God's children. It's a day to confess our complicity in a system that privileges some while oppressing others. A day to listen deeply to people of color when they rage and to join with them when they weep. In one of Dr. King's sermons, he read the gospel story of James and John, 
the two disciples who asked Jesus to let them sit at his right and his left hand. And then Dr. King said this, Jesus transformed the situation by giving a new definition of greatness. Jesus said, you must earn the greatness. True greatness comes not by favoritism, but by fitness. And the right hand and the left are not mine to give. They belong to those who are prepared. So Jesus gave us a new norm of greatness. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that the one who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. Dr. King went on, by giving this new definition of greatness, Jesus tells us that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Then you can be that servant. So Nazareth and all of our other judgments, they are not about some other person or place or circumstance. They are about the condition of your own heart. What matters is not another's economic value to you, but your willingness to value other human beings. What matters is not how much power someone else has, but your choosing to empower and support the life of another. What matters is not a particular religion or race, a nationality, a sexual orientation, a gender identity, an economic or immigration status. What matters is Emmanuel, God with every single one of us. For every one of our Nazareths, for every one of our biased, knee-jerk, reactive judgments, there is an invitation to come and see, to leave behind our assumptions, to get beyond our hiding places, to give up our certitude and risk learning something new about ourselves and others and even about God. This morning, it could be easy to be discouraged when we think about all the hiding we have done under the fig trees of our assumptions. It could be easy to give up on the possibility of God's beloved community. But listen instead to these words of another civil rights leader, 
the late Representative John Lewis, who told us, do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. My friends, never ever be afraid to take a chance on a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Never ever forget the courage to go beyond that simple, never mind, to acknowledge, you may be right. For then you will know Jesus' invitation is for you, as well as Nathaniel. Come and see all that God has in store for you. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come to a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look in the bulletin at the prayer list. We will take a few moments in silence to give the opportunity for you to lift these persons, places, and circumstances, as well as those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray.
Oh, gracious God, we are your people, mostly privileged, mostly competent, mostly entitled. We are your people who make futures for ourselves, who seize opportunities, get the job done, and move on. In our self-confidence, we expect little beyond our productivity. We wait little for that which lies beyond us, and then we settle with ourselves at the center. And you, O oh God, you in the midst of our privilege, our competence, and our entitlement. You utter large, deep oaths beyond our imagined futures. You say, fear not, I am with you. You say, nothing shall separate us. You say something of new heaven and new earth. You say, you are mine, I have called you by name. You say, my faithfulness will show concretely and will abide. And then we find our privilege eroded by your purpose, our competence shaken by your future, our entitlement unsettled by your other children. Give us grace to hear your promises. Give us freedom to trust your promises. Give us patience to wait and humility to yield our dreamed future to your large purpose. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who is your deep yes over all of our lives and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite us now into a time of giving. The offering plates will be passed in the sanctuary, and I encourage you to be generous, as God has been generous to us. If you are online, you may give in two ways online at edmundsumc.org give, or by sending a check via mail to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Thank you for supporting the ministries and staff of EUMC. Sing me the tune I 
offer a portion of what we have to be brought together into a larger and more dynamic sum. Please steer these gifts in a right and good direction to become a tangible expression of your love and your justice within and especially beyond our church walls. Amen. Please be seated.
have just a few announcements that I'd like to draw to your attention. You'll find them in the back of the bulletin. Um, and where is Nora? Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll move along and we'll hope that Nora remembers that she wanted to make an announcement <laughs> this morning. Um, tomorrow, the church will be closed to, in observance of MLK uh, Junior Day, and I hope that you all will find a great event to attend like the one at the Waterfront Center tomorrow. Um, also, next, uh, this coming Tuesday, the 16th, the administrative board will meet and there's a little information in there about some of the items on the agenda. As is our uh, pattern, the first hour of the board meeting is open to all. So from six until seven, if you're interested in hearing some of the discussion and, and joining in some of that discussion on these agenda items, join us from six to seven. In the second hour, we close the meeting so that um, if there are confidential personnel matters, the board can discuss those. And at this meeting, this will be the first meeting of the year for the new board members. So that'll be an exciting opportunity to get some uh, folks coming together and, and getting to know each other as well. Um, come on up next. Uh, um, Sunday on the 21st, a couple of things are happening. Uh, our stewardship campaign will kick off. And also um, the school superintendent for the Edmonds School District will be present with us. And we'll be holding a little Q&A forum uh, in the library following worship so that uh, we can get some firsthand information about some of the ballot measures that are coming up related to Edmonds schools. I think I may have missed my cue. Yes, that's all right. You're here now. It's all that matters. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I am here to make an announcement. I have the wrong piece of paper, however. So here we go. Um, today is the first session of the Environmental Eating for Everyone series that you've been seeing advertised right after the service. Please get a beverage and snack and join us in the chapel by about 11:15 or so for nutritionist Amy Carnosh's presentation. We will have tasty snacks available for you there to enjoy. So uh, many of you have registered. If you haven't though, you're still welcome to attend if interested. See you there. All right, thank you, Nora. And thanks to all those who have put together this series for us. And now let us stand as we are able for the closing hymn. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. stands alone, we'll stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the 
By way of benediction today, hear this blessing for a new year, one in which we recognize we will not always be right. May your home always be too small to hold all your friends. May your heart remain ever supple, fearless in the face of threat, jubilant in the grip of grace. May your hands remain open, caressing, never clinched, save to pound the doors of all who barter justice to the highest bidder. May your heroes be earthy, dusty-shoed, and rumpled, hallowed but unhaloed, guiding you through seasons of tremor and travail, apprenticed to the godly art of giggling amid haggard news and pretentious circumstance. May your hankering be in rhythm with heavens, whose covenant vows a dusty intersection with your own, when creation's hope and history rhyme. May hosannas lift from your lungs. Creation is not done. Creation is not yet done. All flesh, I am told, will behold, will surely behold God's glory. May the peace of Christ be with us all. Amen.